Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this special edition episode of Baseball with the Bard in the offseason. I just want to come to you before we get into the show about uh, where you can now find us streaming these episodes of Baseball with the Bard. So I do have my own Twitch channel now. It's tbard5195 on Twitch. You can find me over there. Uh, we do the podcast there, and I've been playing a lot of Fall Guys and video games over there as well. Uh, so if you're looking for some more content from me, Noah, and the guys, you can find us there. I have a little video here of me helping get my friend their first win. So let's give that a watch. Megan, is it you? All right, get that guy out. Megan, is it me and you? It's me and you, Megan! Yes! Let's go! Let's go, Megan! Megan! We got Megan a win! So we have lots of fun over there playing Fall Guys. I just recently got the five wins in a row achievement. We are doing a lot of cool stuff over there. So it is T-Bard5195. With that, let's get into the episode. We'll see you on the other side. Good Sunday morning, everybody. My name is Tyler Bard, and welcome to Baseball with the Bard. Noah cannot be with us this week, unfortunately, so I brought my friend here, Justin Waisaki. Justin, how are you? Can you hear me, buddy? Uh-oh. Justin can't hear me. Can you hear me? I don't think Justin can hear me. Unfortunately, Justin, it looks like he's having some uh, technical issues, but Justin is going to join us when he gets that all set up um, and gets his uh, audio working. Uh, but Justin is also uh, a Yankee. Oh, can you hear me now? I can. You hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Perfect. All right, uh, cool. You want to just introduce yourself real quick? Yeah, apologize for that. Yeah, uh, I'm Justin, uh, rare Yankee Bronco Celtic fan. So all those uh, those who share those three teams out there. Um, I'm with uh, hockey sometimes, but those are the three main sports there, Yankees, Broncos, and Celtics. Gotcha. Well, welcome aboard to the uh, cast here at Baseball with the Bard, one of the many who have joined us here. Um, I know Justin from my work, and we talk about baseball on the regular. Uh, so this won't be that out of the ordinary for our Discord. So I figured it was only natural to find someone like Justin to fill in on the show. And Justin, with that, let's just get started right away with our friend here, Mr. George Springer, local Connecticut guy. Uh, he's been making a lot of headlines lately. Uh, there's been a lot of buzz around the free agent Springer. He rejected that $18.9 million qualifying offer extended to him by the Astros. He hit an average of 265 with 14 home runs in 2020. And rumor has it that the Nets and Blue Jays are currently the favorites to sign Springer. Also a chance that the Astros may pay him and he'll come back. But what do we think is going to happen? Personally, I think he stays there. I think the Astros uh, nut up and shut up and eventually pay this man the money that he deserves to play in Houston. Uh, but what are you thinking, Justin? Uh, it's tough to say with these big money free agents. You just never know who could come in and you know offer them some massive deal you just don't see coming. Um, I think from the beginning, I've kind of been thinking the Mets. They, uh, 
new ownership says they're willing to spend this money. Um, they certainly have a hole in the outfield. They need a big bat in the middle of the lineup. Um, so I'm, I've kind of been thinking of the Mets, and until he signs somewhere else, that's going to be the, the team I pick. Yeah, the Mets are an interesting pick because their new owner is literally taking to Twitter and being like, hey, fans, who do you want? Let's go get them. Yeah, and pretty interesting to see a, a new owner take that route. I don't think we would have gotten that route if it was indeed A-Rod who had uh, indeed bought the team. He would have definitely gone quiet behind closed doors, made quiet moves, big moves. Uh, but it wouldn't have been as exciting as it is right now. Um, and I, I don't know. I've, for uh, as you know, uh, because we talk about it a lot, I've been uh, really pushing that George Springer is coming to the Red Sox. Uh, but I've but everyone's coming to the Red Sox. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's wishful thinking. But I honestly, I think I have to agree with you that the Mets make the most sense. Um, the Blue Jays, I actually didn't know that until I just read up on it yesterday. They're pushing for uh, the postseason. Last year, they did good. But to compare them to the Yankees and the Rays was just out of the question. Uh yeah. We'll talk about the Rays in a little bit and how they're definitely not going to be the same team they were last year uh, with all the shopping or uh, returns, I should say, because they're not buying anyone. They're strictly selling them back to the market. Um, but yeah, are we... Uh, I, I don't know. Does it look like he could fit in a Blue Jays uniform? I, I just, I don't see him there. I don't, I don't see natural. it. Yeah, I, I don't see it. Um, Blue Jays seem to be connected with a lot of the big names this year. Uh, obviously, as a Yankee fan, they they kind of be hot around DJ LeMahieu the last few weeks. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's just trying to drive the price up for the Yankees, or if they're legitimately interested, because they seem to have a, a good amount of infielders. But I don't know. I mean, they don't even know where they're going to be playing next year. So to think that some of these free agents are going to, you know, sign up with Toronto and maybe end up playing in Tampa, or they, I mean, you just don't know what the state of the Blue Jays are going to be for the foreseeable future. So. I'm not sure if they're going to be really diving deep in waters that George Springer is going to command. I mean, George, if you're looking for a home, Boston really could use another outfielder. We really, really like, look at, come on, just imagine him in a Red Sox uniform really quick. Just look at him. Look, he just looks like a Red Sox fan. Pretty sure he grew up a Red Sox fan being from New Britain. Uh, so, you know, come on, come on home. You, you deserve to play in Boston. The Yankee fans' displeasure of George Springer if he signed with the Red Sox. I'll give him that. <laughs> yeah, well, there's uh, well, a lot of pleasure that might be coming for Red Sox fans in the next few weeks due to Yankees not signing massive stars like Masahiro Tanaka. Uh, Tanaka is a big name that has been being talked about lately. Uh, it's kind of sad, honestly, to see such a lack of progress or any sort of rumor rewarding Tanaka re uh, returning to New York. Uh, the latest headline screamed the reality of the situation. If Tanaka, Tanaka doesn't return to the Yankees, there's a good chance chance that he may be heading back to Japan. Uh, he has apparently refuted that statement, uh, and that may not be the case. Uh, but if he heads back to Japan, there's probably no chance that you're ever going to get him back in the MLB ever again. He's in his older years in the MLB, so he's probably going to go there and spend out the rest of his time in, in Japan, get paid to play there, and enjoy the environment. Um, and Noah had written me a note here. He said, as a Yankees fan, it saddens him to think about a Yankee rotation without Tanaka. Uh, and he was sharing a memory 
Uh, unfortunately, since Noah couldn't join, I'm just going to share it for him. There was a game we went to together, Noah and I, and it was uh, Tanaka pitching a complete game shutout against the Rays in 2019, where he hurled 111 pitches uh, in the performance and struck out 10. That was the game that Noah and I were at. So we actually got to see that incredible performance. Uh, so it was very exciting to see such a, uh, a star who's become made himself a star in New York. Maybe wouldn't have been able to shine as great anywhere else. Um, so I am honestly kind of worried uh, for Tanaka because I don't want him to go to Japan. I'd rather him stay here in the United States and play in the MLB now. But being a Yankee fan, do you think that it is plausible to keep him or are there too many bigger assets that the Yankees need to focus on? As a Yankee fan and after 2020, I, I think it's going to be one of LeMahieu or Tanaka. I don't think they're willing to to spend the money to get both. I think on a normal offseason, this wouldn't really be an issue um, after a normal year where, you know, the Yankees made all their money and there was fans in the stands. But everybody's hurting financially this year. You, you see it all over baseball, all over sports, all over the world, really. But, to the Padres. Padres seem to have all the money for everybody else. But um, <laughs> the Yankees seem to be so on bringing back to uh, LeMahieu. So I am... I was beginning. I thought Tanaka was a sure thing. Couple years, you know. I don't think he wants to go anywhere else. So I do kind of believe the Japan rumors. He's an older. Um, his wife's very successful in Japan. Like, they don't need to be hopping around MLB, you know, cities for the next two, three years to finish up his career. He can go back to Japan where he's, you know, a god over there. So, yeah, I'm worried that in Tanaka's last last days in the Yankee uniform and, and MLB, and that is sad because yeah, it is very. Sad. The Red Sox makes me sad. That <laughs> makes me upset to see such a, a big name uh, leave and go to Japan. Kind of like what happened with Euclid and Manny Ramirez. There were guys like I, I never wanted to see them go and play in Japan. I wanted sure. to see them, their careers over here. But uh, we do have some people uh, joining us in the comments. Uh, so Justin Del Rio, welcome. Good to see you watching us on Facebook Live. And our good friend from work, Justin, Mr. Dave is in the comments uh, yeah. saying, Hello to Justin, and uh, he says that you guys don't need Tanaka, that you only need Cole, Sevi, Montgomery, and Domingo Herman. But who knows? We are going to talk about Domingo Herman a little bit later in here. Uh, so we'll hold off on that for the moment, uh, Dave. But stick around to the end when we get to the Yankee segment, and we will bring that up one more time. Um, so what I do want to talk about next, though, is Mr. Trevor Bauer. Um, probably one of my favorite people to have ever existed in the MLB. Uh, Trevor Bauer is absolutely hilarious. Uh, and I would love to see him coming to Boston. I mean, who wouldn't want to see him coming to their team? Um, but as usual, uh, Bauer loves to rumble the MLB universe in any way he can. Heyman reported this week, uh, that Bauer was seeking a deal that would complete or uh, compete rather with Garrett Cole's deal. Uh, noting that Bauer may be seeking a five to six year deal worth upwards of $40 million. Bauer disputed this rumor saying, or 40 million a year, I believe that's supposed to say. Uh, Bauer disputed this rumor saying uh, that he had made headlines uh, for meetings talking with the Mets and most recently the Blue Jays, who probably would not be teams that are going to be giving him a contract of that size. Uh, that would have to be probably, I would assume, the Dodgers uh, or the Yankees. but. It's not going to be the Yankees. Sorry to break your bubble there, uh, Justin. It's definitely not going to. He's not going to end up there. Uh, what's that? 
not not during this offseason, no. Yeah, no. He would have to sign a small deal somewhere and then end up signing with them at some point down the road. Um, but I uh I just I don't I don't know exactly where he's gonna end. He's such a wild card. Um once again, there's those two teams, the Mets and the Blue Jays. Those two always poking their head into every single uh contender for a free agent this offseason. Um, but he did tease that he was at the Blue Jays facility or at least talking to Blue Jays officials. Um, so maybe that's where he ends up. Um, besides those two teams, does the Red Sox make sense or is there somewhere else you thought he might end up this offseason? I don't think the Red Sox make sense. They seem to be more than just a, a Trevor Bauer away. They have a lot of, you know, you know, watching them. They have a lot of, a lot of pitching needs on, on Boston. Their offense isn't bad, but they have a lot of pitching needs and I'm not sure spending the resources on one guy that it's going to take to get him for 30 to 40 million is, is the way they want to go with the bringing Cora back and new GMs there and, you know, in the Tampa Bay tree of philosophy. So I, I really don't know where he's going to end up, to be honest. I know that's kind of a cop out, but he, he's, he's that guy. He, he reminds me of, he, he, I think he's going to end up being one of those guys like Cano or like where the team he signs with, you just, you never saw coming. It right. Just came up, some one one ownership's gonna you know fall in love with them and say you know what let's do it, and I don't think we can predict that right now. I kind of <laughs> was thinking maybe San Diego. You heard San Diego, but they're all loaded up on their rotation. So unless the Mets decide to go all in and spend the money they've been saying they're going to spend, I don't see him in Toronto. So I don't know where that where that leaves Bauer. Uh, yeah, he's he's up in the air right now. He's kind of being tossed around like a volleyball, and I know he loves that. He loves oh, yeah. being center of attention. Um, uh, Dave is telling us we don't need that personality in New York, and my dad, Jim Bard, is saying that the Yankees stink anyways, uh, so there's really no reason for him to go there. He's just going to stink more. Uh, so, you know, the Yankees stink. Why add a good pitcher? He's just going to go there. If you stink, don't spend $40 million on Trevor Bauer. <laughs> yeah and that is a good point he's he's looking for money so maybe he will go somewhere like the pirates who have a big spend here on pitching staff right now um so we'll see we'll see um we just like to talk about put all of those options out in the open to get all of you thinking and you can all join us in the comments with your opinions on where we're going forward here um i would quickly like to take a, a quick ad break here um, we are partnered with Clovercrest Media, uh, and we have a few shows that we'd like to show you here now. So we'll be right back on the other side of this commercial break. I would just like to point out that a few weeks ago, Jace said that Mac Jones was garbage. Hurry up here for Alabama. Play action. Mac Jones wants it all. Long ball. Man there. Got him. Meshing. Touchdown. I'm not sold on Mac Jones. In the red zone, Alabama with three minutes and change remaining in the half. Jones fires to the corner. Devontae Smith, touchdown Alabama. Clovercrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast. Keys to the city. I crossed up by Kobe, well, floated Shaq, and then Shaq goes like this, and the rest is history. Pay attention. Don't tell me what to do, devil woman. Speaking of those Lakers. But I, but I, hold on, hold on. But I didn't make my point. I didn't make my point. I said Denver's going to win. Yeah, you did. You said that. There's no other show like that. Clover Crest is doing great things right now. Streaming everywhere. 
Welcome to Ivy League Murders. On this podcast, we focus on cases affiliated with the Ivy League, exploring the darker side of higher education. What happens when genius becomes evil? My name is Sarah Alcorn. I'm a Harvard graduate, and I've been a private investigator since 1999. Join me and longtime crime diva, Laura McDonald, for Ivy League Murders. HHW Show Podcast returns January 5th with a new season, Road to the Royal Rumble. Hector, Frank, Jason Ovi will be on the set with the latest news and takeaways. Follow us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and you can listen wherever you listen to your favorite podcast app. So those are just some of the shows you can uh, expect to see on the CNG network. Uh, so we have wrestling, we have murder mysteries through the Ivy League, uh, college football, all sorts of different things you can find. And our show that's coming up next is the Crossum Wrestling Entertainment Show, where we are going to be talking about the Brody Lee special with a lot of these matches uh, that were made in honor of the uh, passing of Mr. Brody Lee. So if any of you are wrestling fans, make sure you join us for that at noon. Um, so again, we have Justin joining us today. Thank you again, Justin, for being here. A uh, big baseball fan like us. We are going to move on to the San Diego Padres, who have just been an absolute menace over the last week. And I remember coming in on, I think it was Tuesday, to work, Justin, and just being like, Justin, can we just like all tell the Padres they need to chill out? Uh, and save some of the uh, fun for the rest of us because holy cow in one day i think it was sunday that this happened uh they signed all of these massive names um they are absolutely insane and as noah put it in the script here good freaking morning san diego padres with the headlines we all woke up to uh this last week the padres made deals uh first with the rays to acquire ace blake snell then with the Cubs to acquire you Darvish and his personal catcher came along with him. Um, so that was really cool to be able to see something like that. So it was you Darvish and Victor Caratini, uh, who apparently both found out over Twitter that they were being traded. Um, so surprise, you're uh, you're going to another uh, place where you'll probably be doing a lot better. Um, so in 2020, Snell went four and two with a 3.24 era. His most recent dominant season was 2018, where he went 21 and five with a 1.89 ERA. In 2019, he went six and eight with a 4.29. Uh, the deal saw uh, right handed pitcher Louis Patino, right handed pitcher Cole Wilcox, catcher Francisco Mejia, catcher Mejia, Mejia, Mejia. Yeah, it's pronounced something like that. Uh, and catcher Blake Hunt head to San Diego. The Padres did have a good amount, however, uh, give a good amount, however, and they know uh, they know they are in a spot to win and are setting up themselves to see the idea become a reality. Um, I think that was the big move of all of these moves was to pick up Blake Snell uh, and have him come in, who a guy who probably uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Justin, who feels spited by the Rays. Because he was taken out of the World Series when he gave up one hit, but he was doing phenomenally. Uh, so I feel like this is going to be a big make or break season for Snell. What do you think? Oh, did we lose you, Justin? Can you hear me, bud? No, no. I, um, yeah, I can hear you. 
Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I think Snell's going to be fired up. Um, he was pitching, like you said, he had a great World Series game going. Um, I think there's probably a little hard feelings between him and the Rays, even though he, he claims there's not. But now he gets to face the Dodgers, you know, almost, what, have 19 fun. times a year the Padres and Dodgers play each other? So he's going to be fired up, and it's a great deal for the Padres. They they gave up, you know, a good young right-hander and uh, Patino, but other than that, they gave up none of their top prospects for him or Darvish. So he's all in, as your graphic yeah. said that. They're all in, and they still have a loaded farm system despite being all in. Um, so don't be surprised if San Diego makes a few other moves either in the offseason or certainly during the year that trade deadline. Yeah, and you know, there hasn't been too much talk on their other massive pickup, uh, but just mainly because we don't know too much about him yet. But they did also pick up Ha Song Kim uh, from South Korea, uh, who is apparently doing very well, good things over there. Uh, and he was, I believe, hitting a slash mark of 306 with a slugging percentage of like 412. Uh, so he was doing definitely big things over there. So to add one more big bat to this lineup that you see here with Machado, Tatis, Hosmer, um, that is a massive pickup for them. Uh, and they are absolutely scary. The Padres rotation will probably be on the order of Blake Snell, you Darvish, uh, Lamette, Chris Paddock, Mike Clevenger, and then some combo of more Morjan and, uh, Weathers. Uh, their bullpen features Drew Pomeranz, Emilio Pagan, and a depth of eight other arms right now. So their pitching staff is more than set uh, to get this job done. And now that they have these bats in there, if the pitchers don't have to throw their arms out every week to keep them in games, oh boy, this team is going to be an absolute beast to mess with. Uh, the rotation includes the likes of Eric Hosmer, Manny Machado, Tommy Pham, and Fernando Tatis Jr., the Padres will be a force in 2021 if we have a normal progression into the beginning of the season uh, and if they can all stay healthy, providing coronavirus isn't a big deal again this season. The Dodgers officially have some competition. Hot take right here. Uh, I'll go first. Justin, you can follow. I'm going to say that okay. the Padres do not win the division this year, but will at some point have to face the Dodgers in the postseason and will eliminate the Dodgers from the postseason this year. I think they have an absolute grudge right now after being so well perceived this season and then just getting their asses kicked uh, and going into the postseason that they have a point to prove they're already making it. And I think it is time for the Padres to have their moment in the sun. Justin, hot take. What do you think about the Padres? I like it. I, I do think they have a little chip on their shoulder against the Dodgers. You know, they've been bullied by the Dodgers for a long time. I mean, the Dodgers have owned that division. They've owned the Padres. So kind of like that big brother, little brother mm -hmm. type of thing. Um, Padres, like you said, they're all in and they're guard up to, to face the Dodgers. They had that intense, we'll call it, intense postseason matchup yeah. some screaming and yelling between Machado and some of his cool. old teammates over there. So they're gonna beat them, wanna knock them out. Um they love to win the division. Not sure if you know they're gonna be able to Dodgers are just so loaded everywhere. Um they might be Stop. tough to to take them out. Right, but 
it'll be fun. That that'll be a fun race all year long. And those might be the two best teams in the NL. I know facing each other during the season. So hot take: Do if they meet in the playoffs, do the Padres knock out the Dodgers? Sitting here today, I, I'll pick them. I'll all right. Them. I mean, you gotta you don't know, see what the teams look like, you know, health wise and all that kind of stuff. But right now, I, I'll pick them. I think the rotation a little better than the Dodgers. Dodgers are they got the two studs up top with Bueller and Kershaw, but Kershaw is another year older. He's always you know a back injury away from being out for like a month. So back injury. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I'll take the I'll take the Padres right. Yeah, I like that. You're more adventurous than Noah is. He he would never take a bet on the on the against the Dodgers. He'll always be like, nope, Dodgers are too good. He'll never ever bet against the Dodgers. Um, but I absolutely will. And I love to because I can't stand the damn Dodgers. Um what is this? I think Noah is commenting here. Uh Noah must have had a moment. Let's see. Noah's hot take would have been that the Padres would have had a fairy tale season, but like the Rays, who had their stint in the storybooks uh, in 2020, the Dodgers will beat the Padres at any chance they get. Uh, so there we go. We got Noah's hot take uh, from behind the scenes. Uh, so, I mean, that, that's not far-fetched, Noah. That's really not that hard to believe that they'll be like a 92-win team and then just get swept out of the postseason. Um, but we like to be faithful and hopeful here, Noah. And we I had faith in the uh, Padres last season, so I'm going to have faith in them again. Because as we saw on last season, our very first season of Baseball with the Bard, I was on fire with my picks. And hopefully we can do that again. Uh, and we're going to get Justin's World Series pick at the end of the show here. But until then, let's talk about the Red Sox really quick. Because, oh boy. Oh, what are we what are we doing? What are we doing, boys? Are we are we gonna make any moves? Are we just gonna sit still and not do anything? Chris Sale, what's what's the deal, Chris Sale? Um, when is he gonna be available to pitch? He missed the entirety of the 2020 season. When will he be back? And more importantly, will he be as effective? Uh, Chris Sale has been an absolute staple in the name of the Red Sox over the last few years. Uh, but last year, not having him. I think it definitely hurt not only the morale, um, but just the overall effectiveness and winningness of the team. Um, I know you're not a big uh, Chris Sale guy, but do you think he comes back this year or do you think he's uh, or comes back the same this year? Or do you think this Tommy John is really going to change him? I think it's I think it'll be tough to expect you're going to see if you see your sale at all this year. You know the Chris that that we know. Um, you know, it usually takes pitchers a little while to kind of regain their mojo from Tommy John. Um, I think it's going to depend on how the Red Sox season's going. To be honest, if they're firing the hunt, maybe you know he pushes a little harder to to come back. But if he's you know ready to to pitch and it's you know mid season and the Red Sox aren't really fighting for much, they. I think it'd be smart to just let him rehab and take take the year off because you don't want to push him back and another he could be one injury away from really being done as a pitcher and they got a lot of resources invested in him and you know, he's still a relatively young guy you don't want to see him go out with another injury. No, definitely not. We don't want to see him going out with another injury because that would probably mean the end of his career, uh, at least as a starter. He might be able to come back as a. Uh, bullpen or a uh, uh, closer guy, but 
Uh, man, you guys have been great in the comments today. We're getting a lot of uh, activity. Drew dropping the hype emote from my Twitch channel. Thank you, Drew, who actually drew drew that hype emote. So, Drew, thank you for those. Uh, Dave saying the Red Sox are going to be better this season and saying that Justin goes, yeah, he's dead. Uh, so, uh, yeah, de Justin uh, thinks that Chris Sale's dead uh, and he won't be coming back. And that uh, my dad, who is a Red Sox fan, says we got to let the bum go. Oh, boy. Hot take from Papa Bard. Wow. Uh, uh, <laughs> Chris Sale, uh, he's full of hot takes. Like he still thinks Pedroia should be playing second base. Uh, so we're just gonna get rid of that. And uh, yeah, your opinion doesn't matter when you think Pedroia should be the starting second baseman for the Red Sox right now. How about that, Dad? Take that. We got some other stars I want to talk about though. Andrew Benintendi uh, is someone who needs to pick up his bat and do a lot better. Benintendi is again one of those guys who was a absolute firecracker in the 2018 World Series season. Um, one of my favorite plays of the season was in game uh, five, game five of the ALCS against the Padres, where he made the diving catch to end the game. Either he caught that ball and we won, or it got by him and the Astros won. Uh, so it was a monumental catch. Even Joe Castiglione fell out of his chair because he got so excited. Um, I just need Benintendi to get back into that form because last season, anytime he would come up, I go, well, that's an out. You know, I wasn't expecting anything out of him. And the same goes for someone like J.D. Martinez. I think J.D. Martinez, he had an okay season, but I need him to come out swinging the bat like the beast we know he can be. Because if he's not, what the hell is the point of this season? We haven't picked anyone up of relevance. So there's literally no reason that they would do any better. Um, I know we're going to have Erod back. We'll hopefully have our pitching rotation back to normal. Uh, but with, I, I just don't think that the uh, having Dahlbeck and Hauk and all these young guys is going to be enough uh, for the Red Sox to pull off a, a miracle season and somehow compete with the Yankees. Um, I just, it doesn't seem to add up is I guess what I'm trying to say, Justin, um, that the, the Red Sox organization seems to be pretty, damn confident uh, that they are going to do just fine this offseason. And they think apparently that the addition of a potential Corey Kluber is going to be the answer to all of our prayers uh, that we will somehow be a better team because of it. Um, you see the Red Sox stacking up this year. I just, I don't, I don't see it. No, I, I don't see it either. And that's just not you know, the Yankee fans. I'd be talking. I just, AL East is tough, you know, with the Yankees, obviously, and the Rays, and now the Blue Jays are getting better. Um, the Orioles weren't, you know, maybe as much of a doormat as all of us thought they would be um, last year. And like you said, the Red Sox haven't made any moves. Now, you know, not a lot of teams in baseball have made moves, so it's still early and they still have time, but I, I just don't see it. They need a lot of help on the pitching side. Um, they do need some guys on the offense to, to have bounce back years. Um, I kind of smile when you said you felt like Ben Benintendi was going to get out every time because why Gary Sanchez for the last four years, that's my feeling every time that guy steps up to the plate. So Don't worry. I, I, I think... feel you there. <laughs> uh, uh, um, I, they, I think it's going to be tough for them to compete um, yeah. in the American League. I just I don't, I don't think the talent levels are there right now. If they make a boost, then you know, anything is possible. But with the roster they have right now, you're probably looking at a, a similar type of season they had last year. A little better, a little improvement. Guys, you know, have better seasons offensively. But 
I think the Red Sox organization as a probably looking toward 2022 maybe as the a real chance yeah. to to That's get back to the division race. Definitely what it feels like is they're building for a uh a, a championship. They like four years. Four years seems to be like, oh, we've sucked for three years. Let's try again. Um, that seems to be the magic number for them. Um, because I remember, you know, we won in 20, uh, 2004 and then 2007. Uh, and then in 2011, it's like, they're going to do it again. And then they blew it. Um, but, and then 2013, they made up for it, but it seems to be that magic number every four years, the Red Sox do good again. So fingers crossed 2022, but let's move on quickly to the Yankees to finish off our segment here. Um, the Yankees are not doing nearly as much as we all thought they would be doing this offseason. Um, so we have a few unanswered questions here, and I thought maybe, Justin, you might be able to answer them for me because, dear God, I can't seem to put the puzzle pieces together that the Yankees are trying to. Um, so where is DJ going to end up? We've heard that the Mets have big competitors in the battle to sign DJ may be the landing spot for him. What happens to the Yankees? If DJ signs somewhere else. If the Yankees let DJ go, I think you see the pivot. Like I mentioned earlier, um, I, I do believe they're only going to be able to sign one of them. And then in terms of their infield, probably slide Torres back to second, which seems to be maybe his better position. Um, defensively, he had, a, he had a rough year at shortstop. A lot of air, a lot of booted balls. And then you probably see a, a stopgap shortstop. Um, D.D. Gregorius for like a one-year deal or uh, Simmons, who's, you know, probably the best defender stop in the league. You bring him in for a year. And then next year's free agency, assuming baseball and uh, the world itself can kind of get back to normal. A lot of stops on that the Yankees could be interested in. Um, Corey Seager, Francisco Lindor. Um, I wouldn't want him, but Carlos Correa's uh, available. So, you could see him kind of pivot to that route, maybe load up with some pitching, small deal for a midfielder, and then jump back into free agency next year to get that star shortstop if they do indeed lose the menu. Yeah, I think you're right on. That's about what I was thinking last time we were talking about it with Noah, um, is that I think you guys should go after Andrelton Simmons because I think he'll be the lowest price tag uh, if you eventually choose on wanting to keep someone like Andrelton Simmons. Um, but Dave has said something that I've been saying for the last two years, and it's that Cashman needs to go. Uh, I think he's a big reason as to why the Yankees can't advance in a direction where they win a World Series. Um, and I just think with him gone and someone new stepping into his position, you might be able to uh, advance into a position of, you know, not just winning the season every year, but winning the postseason and getting that championship win that has eluded you guys for 11 seasons now. Uh, the, the counter is going up on the dynasty that is this uh, organization and people are starting to laugh. And that's not something that the Yankees are used to uh, is, is being laughed at. Um, so hopefully they can get it together. But my next question when it comes to the Yankees is the catching status. What's the catching scene going to look like? Will Cole keep his personal catcher Higashioka or will Sanchez have his season revamped and come back better than ever? Um, who knows? I, I, it looks like Sanchez uh, has made it obvious that he wants to be the guy. On New Year's uh, Day, he posted on his Twitter 
saying that he's ready and thank you, thanking all of his fans who stuck by his side and believed in him. Uh, but uh, quite frankly, I'm not a fan. I don't believe in him. I think Gary Sanchez is uh, the has-been catcher of the Yankees organization. And the answer to the Yankees is this guy right here, Kyle Higashioka. Uh, but I'm more interested to hear what you have to say about it, Justin. So who is going to be the primary catcher of the Yankees going into the 2021 season? I think they're going to start with Sanchez. Um, they made that financial commitment for what will probably be about $5 million when they, they decided to enter a contract. But it's going to be at least. I think they, as you saw at the end of last year, they finally, I think, had enough of his lack of offense and his inconsistent at best defense. I mean, this is, you know, the same conversation around, you know, Yankee fans seems like the last few years, whether Sanchez was going to figure it out or not. And I mean, I love Sanchez. I loved when he came up and he just looked like, you know, the next great Yankee and hit home was all over the place. But outside of, I think 2019, he's been pretty terrible. A couple of sub 200, average seasons and his defense all over the place. So I think they're going to give Sanchez one last shot. And if, you know, he starts off slow, assuming we get going in April, you know, he's struggling through April into May. I think the Yankees will, will pull the plug on him. And that'll be the, the last you see of Sanchez in the Yankee uniform, because they've given yeah. this guy all the chances there. I mean, eventually it just, you know, you turn into a what if type of situation and, if he doesn't start off strong, I think we're going to be looking, you know, three, four years down the line. And Yankee fans would be saying, hey, remember, you know, Gary Sanchez, remember how he was supposed to be this next great Yankee catcher. And he just never figured out. Meanwhile, Kyle Higashioka is uh, ending up where he belongs as the permanent Yankees catcher. If someone like Garrett Cole says that he wants Higashioka as his personal catcher, y'all should listen to that and realize that he's a better catcher behind the plate than Gary could be. I get it. Gary's a presence behind the plate from time to time. Uh, but I don't think that's enough of a reason to keep him at the catcher position uh, just because he's got a bat that can knock the ball out of the park. Notice Higgy. Higgy in his rookie season was hitting home runs like a monster. Uh, and I remember his first home run was like a second deck ripper down the left field line. Uh, so he has definitely got the power. He's got the the uh you know, bad eye contact. He, he's he's definitely got some form of he's ready to be here in the major leagues. Um, but I still, even here, I still don't think this is the Yankees' biggest issue. I would pull up this picture and show the rotation for the Yankees and say, some of these guys, they may not be pitching for the Yankees next year. So what are the Yankees going to do? Uh, there's still no news on the two free agents of Paxton and Hap. Not much news about Tanaka, and there's no telling when Severino may return. There's also no knowing if Domingo Herman is going to return because of his legal case and his suspension. And the only option is to go young, the combo of Garcia, King, and Montgomery. So I get it. The Yankees have an incredible, incredible lineup of guys who can absolutely mash the ball as uh, Aaron Boone put it. My guys are savages in that box, but you can only be savages for so many games in a row before uh, the pitching catches up with you and you can no longer keep up with the runs that your pitchers are allowing to cross the plate. Uh, so what is the answer here, Justin? 
Yeah, they, they got a lot of questions at, on the rotation for sure. Um, I think Hap's gone, and I think most fans would rejoice saying that. Um, <laughs> he's had his moments, but he could really be a pain in your butt. So he, he's gone. The Yankees, you know, kind of had some bad blood with him in the end of last year where he could pitch a certain amount of games and get a guaranteed contract, and they move on the rotation. So you won't be seeing Hap. I do think there's a chance they bring back Paxton on maybe a one-year deal, kind of a, a prove-a-deal. Yep. He's been injury-riddled for a lot now of his career. So if you feel comfortable there, maybe kind of an incentive deal. If you pitch an amount of games, you get a contract type of situation. But Tanaka's we keep finding a way to get back to Tanaka. He's kind of the glue of that rotation over the last the decade or so. And if you don't bring him back, you got a lot of question marks after Cole because – Severino, you're going to see him until August at the best. And you're talking about a guy who hasn't pitched baseball in a year and a half at that point and wasn't too good before that. Struggled the year before that. So you, what are you getting out of him? Herman, same situation, coming off a of suspension, hasn't pitched in a while. Montgomery, you know, is really more of a back rotation guy, four or five starter. So, you know, they're going to have to be savages in that box again because their pitch yeah. rotation as now is – is is not that hot after Garrett Cole, and he can only pitch once in five days. So the other four are going to be if you can't get some quality arms behind him. Yeah, I I have to agree with you there. You know they've got every piece of the lineup right now except for working on their pitching rotation, uh, which isn't a bad pitching rotation as it is right now. If we were to take a screen capture of the Yankees pitching rotation right now, it's great. But in a week, it could be completely different. And we'll have no idea where they're planning to go moving forward. Um, so on paper, they look great. But in practice, they're not great. Uh, so hopefully they can figure something out. And that's just coming from a baseball fan's perspective. From a Red Sox fan's perspective, this is mwah, music to my ears, seeing the chaos that has become the Yankees pitching staff. Uh, so you know what? If y'all want to stay confused and hurt, it's fine by me because uh, my whole pitching staff last year consisted of tape, staples, and some WD-40. Uh, so I would like to see someone else have to be on that same list as me. Um, but that just about wraps it up for us today on Baseball with the Bard. Justin, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, if you ever want to come back on, let us know. Uh, I know it was very last second, so I appreciate you uh, jumping in here and joining us. Um, but before we go, I just want to remind everyone that if you love podcasts, make sure you visit clovercrestmedia.com for a wide selection of great shows covering sports, business, relationships, pop culture, politics, and true crime. There's 28 shows on the CMG network now, and if you don't find one you like, why not just start your own? We can help you launch your podcast for as little as $15 per month. Clovercrestmedia.com is the website, so make sure you check it out and tell your friends about it. You can visit clovercrestmedia.com and click on the link for the latest on your favorite CMG sports podcast, as well as blogs and video for the latest info. So once again, for Baseball with the Bard, my name is Tyler Bard, and this was my friend Justin. We will see you all next time on the next episode. Have a good one.
time for Baseball with the Bard.